the, the laws of the city of refuge. Here we go. Hashem gave the Moshe the laws, and he says, Speak to the Israelites and tell them that when they cross the Jordan into Israel, you shall designate six cities for yourselves that shall act as cities for refuge for you. A murderer who kills a person unintentionally, but nonetheless is guilty of negligence, unintentional but negligent, shall, f- shall flee there from the close relative of the murdered person who in such a case is allowed to avenge the death of their relative, as we will explain. These cities shall serve you as a refuge for the unintentional murderer from the avenger so that unintentional murderer shall not die until he stands in judgment before the congregation judges. So basically this is until the court case. The cities that you provide shall function as cities of refuge only when all six of cities of refuge have been designated for you. Thus, even though Moshe Leir designated three cities in Transjordan as cities of refuge, they did not function as refuge cities until the three in Canaan were also designated. Hashem foresaw that there would be a similar number of incidents of unintentional murder on both sides of the Jordan, even though only two and a half of the twelve tribes settled on the east side. So he told Moshe to tell the people, you shall provide three of the cities in Transjordan and three of the cities in Canaan that shall be cities for refuge. These big six cities will be for the Israelites and converts and residents amongst you, so that anyone who unintentionally kills a person can flee there. Now, these cities do not offer asylum for an intentional murderer. If it was an intentional, then, sorry, you don't get to run there. If he struck him, for example, with a fist-sized stone, which is large enough to be deadly, he is a murderer. Or if he struck him with a fist-sized wooden instrument that could be deadly, and he dies, he's a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. Once intentional murderer has been tried and found guilty, the blood avenger, the close relative of the victim, shall be allowed to kill the intentional murderer. He will be allowed to do so. He may kill him wherever he meets him, even inside the city of refuge. Similarly, if out of hatred, <clears throat> the assailant pushed the victim or threw something at ambush and he died, or if he maliciously um, killed his friend, then we have a problem again and he, the blood avenger may kill the murderer. The law is different, however, in unintentional murder. If it was done without malice, he threw an object downward motion at him, not in ambush. He killed him with any stone large enough to be deadly without seeing the victim. So there was no enemy and no malice. Then the congregation judges shall judge between the assailant and the blood avenger on the basis of these judgments. If the murder happened, as just described, the assailant is considered guilty of negligence, or what we call it manslaughter, and may be killed by the blood avenger unless the assailant has fled to the city of refuge. However, if the assailant killed the victim by throwing something up at him or by means of any other upward movement. This is considered unnatural, so he's not guilty of negligence. The victim's close relative may not avenge his blood, and the assailant does not have to flee. If the assailant must be removed from the city of refuge in order to stand trial, the congregation shall protect the murderer from the hand of the blood avenger. And if he's judged guilty, the congregation shall return him safely to the city of refuge to which he fled. He shall remain there even after the victim's close relatives have calmed down and no longer seek to avenge the blood, 
For even then, the, cle- the victim's close relatives are required to kill the assailant if he leaves the city of refuge. This obligation devolves until the high priest who was anointed with the sacred oil dies. There are two reasons why the obligation ceases with the death of the Kohen Gadol. First, the high priest, by serving in the temple, particularly by performing the Yom Kippur rites that atone for the people's sins, enables Hashem's presence to dwell amongst the people and lengthen their lives. In contrast, a murderer, by killing a person, banished Hashem's presence from the world and shortened lives. It is therefore not fitting that the murderer shall be free as long as the Kohen Gadol who was in office when the crime was committed, is alive. Secondly, we have seen that the death of the righteous atoned for the sins of the generation, like with Aaron. In this case, the death of the high priest, presumably a righteous person, will atone for the assailant's inadvertent sin. It is specifically the high priest's death that atones for the sin, rather than any other righteous person, because he had had the power to pray on Yom Kippur that such a misfortune not happen. Since, in fact, it did occur, he is held partially responsible. Nonetheless, if the high priest who was alive when the incident occurred died while the assailant was standing trial and a new Kohen Gadol was appointed before the trial was concluded, the murderer can only go once the second Kohen Gadol is, dies. But if the murderer goes beyond the border of the city and the blood adventurer finds him, then he, must, he may slay the murderer, for it's as if he's dead already and has no blood. Rather, the unintentional murderer must remain in the city of refuge. This shall be a statute of justice for you, for all your generations and all your dwelling places, even outside the land of Israel. A minor court of 23 judges may try capital cases as long as the Sanhedrin of 71 judges is functioning in the land of Israel. Although the the close relatives are allowed and required to kill the murderer, and if he leaves the city of refuge and no further trial is necessary, this is not in case with an intentional murderer. Whoever, as a blood adventurer, wants to kill a person for having intentionally killed his close relative shall be allowed to slay them only on the testimony of at least two witnesses. A single witness may not testify in a capital case. You shall not accept monetary ransom for the life of a murderer, and if he's guilty, he's guilty, and he must be put to death. You shall not accept ransom for someone who killed by mistake and fled to the city of refuge to allow him to return freely in the land. No, he must stay there. You must not try to circumvent these laws by, and thereby corrupting the land in which you live. For the blood of murdered corrupts the land, and the blood that is shed in the land through murder cannot be atoned only through the blood. You must not defile the land in which you reside, in which I dwell, for this will cause me to dwell in defilement, inasmuch as I, Hashem, who continue to dwell amongst the Israelites, even when they are defiled.